This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine. Only on the BetQL Network. So I'm going to fight my co-host Brendan Tobin coming up here momentarily. But if you didn't see the fights earlier today in Jacksonville, yes, they already took place. A guy that trains in Kansas City, in fact, David Onama, had a great fight, won by knockout. It was really entertaining. And then afterwards, he did the, I think we can call it the, the Israel Adesanya. He did the behind his back, and he pulled the arrows out of his bag, and then he you know, started shooting his opponent. Well, not actually, but miming it. And then Brendan asked during a break, he asked us if we'd ever shot a bow and arrow. Now, I've never shot a bow and arrow, and after hearing your guys' stories, I don't think that I ever want to. Jake, our producer said that he got injured and had to have a little minor surgery after shooting the arrow into his finger. So I don't want to do that. You tell me that as a kid, you shot one in the air on the farm. It almost came down and hit the horse and your dad got upset with you. So based on your guys' stories, man, I'm good if I never shoot a bow and arrow in my entire life. Am I missing anything here? My listen, I was not a kid that got into a lot of trouble, man. My dad was mad at me for that because like, you know, in in his, in his defense, he's like, listen, I just set you over this barn with a bunch of bales of hay and targets you could hit. Why did you feel the need to do that? And, you know, it's like you get to a point as a kid, you're just like, I want to see how far it could go in the air. I mean, in fairness to me, it didn't hit the horse. It's not like, you know, so, I mean, I don't know what he got so mad about. I can tell just as an adult that you must have just been such a pain as a kid. Because I deal with you all the time as a grown-ass man. I can't imagine what you were like back then on the farm. All right, are you going to fight me if I say I love the PFL? But even for a guy like me, and I'm not the brightest star in this guy, the scoring system's a little bit confusing. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I'm not going to fight you on that. PFL's got some weird stuff, too. But I, I appreciate it. You know, like, look, they do some weird stuff like ref cam. And, you know, that gave us, like, the good view last night of C's uh, wheel kick knockout. So that's cool. Smart cage. Like, they're doing some interesting stuff. But I am with you, yes. Uh, the whole regular season, the point system, it could be a little bit uh, squirrely and then they just make up rules like, uh, you know, you know, if, if two friends don't fight to our satisfaction, we just cancel the results. You're not allowed to have that win. And I'm just like, what? I haven't seen anything like that since like bare knuckle where like the guy came in and he just took away their purses because he didn't like the fight. Jake, give me these dudes names. So if you weren't watching PFL last night and I get it, it's Friday night. Maybe you've got a life. I was watching PFL. I was betting on it. And then these guys come out and they tell me that they're best friends, right? They've always been best yep. of friends for a long time. And they're going to come out there and fight each other. And they did come out, but they didn't really fight each other. What ultimately, so it was what Nate, uh, how do I even say that guy's last name? Is it Schultz versus Manifo? Schultz anyway. Haush ha- Manfio. I might know. He's an American so he- top team. He, he won the, he won the, uh, the million a couple of years ago. 
Uh, I've, 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 I've interviewed him before. So, yeah, like, I, so he kind of knows the whole deal. What do they do about the whole thing? The non-fighting. The people were pissed about it. And then, like, they came out today and they just – they said they're both out of the tournament. They're both out of the results. So, I think Schultz won, <laughs> but he didn't get to advance. Weird. Jake? Yeah, so I do uh, media for PFL, so I spoke to both of these guys. Okay. And Tell us what's up. Natan, Natan Schulte and Raush Manifal. Good friends. They are godfathers to each other's children, have known each other since college. They didn't want to fight. They thought it was weird matchmaking, but they're fighters. They're game. They're going to fight. And a lot of people said, ah, you know, it's kind of like a glorified sparring match. Whatever, but Natan Schulte was second place in the tournament, could have been in first place, and to have it all ripped from him just so Shane Burgos can get in, fishy. Fishy stuff, man. Wow. So that's the end result is now Burgos is in the PFL playoffs? He's in the playoffs, and they're both out. That that does smell a little funny. It does smell it's a little weird, funny. Dude. I'll give you that. Although, maybe this is exactly why Marab doesn't want to fight Aljo, because he's like, all right, here, we got two options. We either don't fight, or you put me in the octagon, I tell you I don't want to do it, and that's the result you're going to get. I've told you many times Still, on this show. I've beat, I've beat up plenty of my friends over the years, and they beat me up too. Sometimes it happens. Yeah, I mean, that being said, you know, like, Manfio was at a point where it's like, hey, this guy was, you know, nearly done with fighting. And then he wins a million bucks. It's like, you got to just throw that opportunity away. Like, you've already done it once. It's very strange. I don't know. Weird. Very strange. Very strange. Uh, we talked with Clint McClain of the Die Hard MMA podcast in our first hour. If you missed it, check out the podcast. I was a little bit surprised how much conviction. Like, he sounded sure when I asked him the question, is Connor going to fight Chandler? He said he doesn't think it's going to happen at this point. And maybe it's because he sounded so convincing. I don't think it's going to happen either. You're going to fight me? Um, I think it will happen. I just don't know when. I think that if you told me, will Michael Chandler take a fight before the end of the year? That's not Connor. Definitely uh, could see that happening. That could screw everything up. Um, that could really screw the pooch. Like if he does that and if he was to lose, especially lose in embarrassing fashion, Connor just has... What I'm telling you is Michael Chandler was the chosen one. We did a whole segment one time where we listed like 13 guys that he could come out and fight, right? Whether it was going to be Poirier or Gaethje or whether it was going to be Nate Diaz. Like, we just kept throwing names out there. Ultimately, Michael Chandler was the one that got the golden ticket. He better hang on to that thing. I understand what you're saying. And then, like, people have been in this kind of – Dustin Poirier was in this conundrum, right? Like, he had to choose the Connor fight over the title fight at one point. Right. Um, so, I get you. But the thing with the thing with Chandler is, like, I don't know, man. It almost feels like – does it feel to you like – the steam is off this. Maybe I'll feel different when the fight's actually announced, but even like the ultimate fighter, I'm just like, you know, Connor hasn't won a week yet. There was this crazy video this week. Uh, I only saw the clip of it. I didn't watch the episode, but like uh, he brought wonder boy in to guest coach. And then like, yeah. was basically just going to dip and let wonder boy coach and wonder boy had to like, you know, trick him with his niceness to make him come back and do it. Cause he looked very hungover. Um, I don't know, man. The whole Connor thing, like you said, like he's obviously going through a lot. It doesn't feel like he has any interest or need in fighting anymore. It feels like he has a lot of stuff to promote, like this pain spray or his proper 12. And so, you know, knowing that you're possibly going to come back to the cage or teasing that's always good. Controversy 
keeps you in the headlines, but I don't know. It doesn't uh, – if I'm Michael Chandler, I almost – I don't know if I want to have my career just riding on, hey, will he ever – because what if he doesn't come back, Sean? Then what? You're just out of the well, octagon got- for a year and a half? That's the thing, and you know I'm a tinfoil hat guy, so I'll just throw this out there. And I was the more you were talking, the more I was kind of thinking about this. Actually, maybe what's going on is the UFC sees this. I hate to say it, but it's obvious downward spiral from Conor McGregor. Whether you're talking about in the octagon, out of the octagon, in the Miami Heat arena, whatever it is, it's like he's obviously not at the same place that he was. When I say that, whatever you're thinking, as a fighter, as a person, you know. Maybe the UFC sees that also, and they go, we better squeeze all of the juice out before it's gone, because with Conor McGregor, if he doesn't fight again, you might as well have Tough, you might as well have the promotion, you might as well have him at least talking about it, because let's call it what it is, even if he doesn't fight, having Conor around, he is by far the biggest star the sport has ever seen. Yeah, look, even if you told me Conor's going to do one last fight and I thought it was going to be a disaster, I would tune in. Uh, just That's to what see what that looks like. Um, it is what I think. So gonna yeah, I, I I don't I, I'm with you. I don't I don't think that they're protecting Connor for any reason. I, de- I genuinely just don't think we know that he's totally ready to fight or feels 100. percent Look at Chris Weidman. Chris Weidman suffered basically the same injury and and he had an extra year before he decided to come back. So look, if Connor's not ready to come back, that's totally fine. He had a bad bad injury that nobody's really come back from and looked themselves. He already wasn't looking like himself. Um, He looks hulked out of his mind. He looks like he is enjoying life really hard outside the cage. So I don't know, man. It doesn't feel very much like uh, he's coming back anytime soon. Do you think people would still bet on him the same way if he does? It's the BetQL Network, so we might as well talk about that. If he comes back and he's Conor McGregor, so let's say he's a slight favorite and you're going to get some public money on him, but don't you think there are some sharps out there that go, hell no, I'm not putting any money on this dude? Yeah, I I, I think the more that I've seen his behavior outside the cage, the less I, I was thinking about, like, hey, he's coming back, I'll bet on Conor McGregor. But the more I've seen this, the more I've been like, there's no way I'm betting on this guy based on how he's behaved, the way he's, you know, the way he's looked a little disengaged. Like, I guess there was some footage of him this week sparring with Dylan Dennis, uh, his old friend. So he's back. uh, He's back hanging out with him. But I don't know, man. I, I it's it's all very, very strange stuff right now. How do you even put odds out the next time Conor McGregor steps into the octagon? Because of all the outside the octagon stuff, all the time away, as you point out, even before he twisted his ankle versus Dustin Poirier, it wasn't looking great. Some people thought that it was a 10-8 round before, so it's like, dude, if anybody says that they know what Conor McGregor's going to look like, not Hulk, I'm talking about fighting. If they say they know what he's going to look like when he comes back as a fighter, I call that person a liar. All right, let's move on. But there is another rumor. Ronda Rousey. And John Anik chimed in on this. He said that if Ronda Rousey was to come back right away, she should not get an immediate title fight. I disagree. I think if Ronda Rousey, for whatever reason, was to come back right away, she absolutely unequivocally deserves a title fight. You going to fight me? Um, Not now in this situation because who should she – like it's a 135 division that, yeah, it feels like – it needs a new face anyway, so why not just go with the the most famous face? Um, yeah, I don't know who the good option. If if 
you told me that Amanda was still champ and I'd be like, oh, well, I saw how that went. That we probably shouldn't do that again. Then I agree with John. Um, but no, if you're telling me she's coming back, that she wouldn't get a title shot right away, I would be very, very surprised by that. Um, that's really a rumor that she's coming back. I haven't even heard that this week. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of floating out there. She was interviewed about it. She didn't completely shut it down, and then Anik was asked about it. So I don't think it really has any legs, but it was just interesting to think that Anik had an opinion about it that she shouldn't get a title fight because you and I talk about it all the time. Like, whatever you think about her as a person or even as, like, a wrestler or as an MMA fighter, entertaining and when she was at her peak as important for female combat sports as anybody's ever been in the history of the world and to me it's like yep that's enough you get the title fight right away because all that's and let's not pretend like we haven't done that for other people dude henry cejudo just got a shot at the belt yeah totally true henry cejudo got a shot at the belt i mean he did leave his champion so i guess you could say that's a little different uh but gsp came back he got a title shot a lot of people thought he lost his last fight to johnny hendricks um I wouldn't have a problem with it. If you told me Ronda came back and it was against somebody, if it was against a Juliana Pena, which was a matchup a lot of people wanted to see, but Juliana had those terrible injuries. So it kind of sidelined her career for a little bit. I'd be into that fight. I think that'd be a great buildup. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Speaking of championship belts, when we get Jamal Hill versus Yuri Prohaska, I think I'm going to bet on Jamal Hill. Yuri is awful scary, but maybe we've underrated Jamal Hill along this run. You going to fight me? No, you make a lot of sense today, man. I don't like this segment today. You know, like, I mean, I like your topics. I just feel like we're on the same page on a lot of stuff. I know, man. Sweet Dreams is, uh, Sweet Dreams is dangerous. The thing that I, uh, there's a couple things that, that worry me with Yuri. Um, one of them also being that he's coming back from a devastating injury. You know, like he is, you know, got a shoulder thing. He's a devastating striker. A lot of the times, here's the thing that's tough with MMA. A lot of the times when something like this, when you get an injury like shoulder and boxing, um, a lot of the times you will come back and you will have a tuna fight. Canelo has done this with his last fight. Uh, Keith Thurman has done this after having shoulder surgery. You will get a fight to this. They call it a tuna fight. And for Yuri to have to go from this incredibly tough championship win to this big time shoulder injury to then, Hey, you got to take on Jamal Hill to defend or to fight for the belt again. There's no breaks. There's no tuning things up. There's no. That's a that's a tough ask. It's, it's it's not easy. I'm not saying he can't do it, but it would worry me a little bit. And not to mention, I do think that uh, as as dazzling as Yuri's UFC run has been, and he's been shot out like a cannon, uh, Jamal Hill is is really 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 good, and it's a it's a tough it's a tough guy to beat. Jamal Hill underrated. We agree with that. You're gonna fight me if I say Hamzat. Now that I think about it, maybe a little bit overrated. Uh, I'll fight you on that. I don't think he's overrated. I just think the thing that's annoying about it is like, when is he? Who is he? What weight is he fighting? I just want to know where he's going because like for a guy whose popularity was built off of, oh, I'm going to fight three times in four weeks and fight Island. I'm the king of fight Island. Where the hell you been, dude? Like, where is, where is Hamzat? I want to know. I'm fascinated by him. I think he is damn good. But I just don't know what the future holds for him. I, I really want to see where this goes. And it's just been like we're all just kind of left in the dark right now. I don't know what I don't know what the plans are for him. And it's just very strange for a guy that that got his popularity off of the total opposite. It's weird. I think I know where he is. Do you think he might be in Hamzat land? 
We got to get there, dude. We have got, He's got to like get there. got like a mustache with a top hat. <laughs> Brendan Tobin, sports machine, Sean Levine. Coming up next, we talk a little bit more fighting. We try to make a little bit more money. You're locked into the Pet QL Network.